Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. It's time for the Financial Outlook for Private Investors, where I'm joined by Ross Mould of AJ Bell. We are going to look ahead at the sort of trends that might influence investors in 2023, because, of course, it's so easy to predict. We all got 2022 right, didn't we, Ross? Yeah, exactly. You know, and obviously, I've got my crystal balls that right in front of me here, all all safely. But I'll tell you what, if I had a quid, it's only the 5th of January, if I had a pound... For every request of a coming, can you tell me what's going to happen here? I'd be a rich person already, I can assure <laughs> yeah. you. Yes. I mean, I, I, well, you know, let's at least talk. We can talk about trends. I mean, and, and many of them will be trends continuing on from 2022, won't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you remember back we, before Christmas, we could have reviewed the trends from 2022. Mm-hmm. I thought the most important ones, first one was oil and gas and inflation. Then the second one was those central banks. 359 interest rate increases last year was the final tally. King dollar, the crypto crumble, which seems to be ongoing. And text travails, which you know potentially did so. Now that Apple's lost a trillion dollars of market cap over the last twelve months, but but in terms of going forward, I think the first thing to watch um, for twenty twenty three is the yield curve. Central banks are still giving us this story that they can not only manage inflation back towards two percent target, but um, manage a soft landing for the economy at the same time after pumping in huge amounts of economic stimulus and boosting a, a 12-year-old party, a 12 to 14-year party in financial markets. Well, the transitory uh, message for inflation didn't work out that well. So let's see what they do on the economy. Right now, if you look at the yield curve, which is the yield differential in shorthand between the two-year and the 10-year government bonds in that particular country, and normally the 10-year offers a higher yield, just because investors, there's more scope can go wrong, more things scope for things to go wrong in the extra eight years, so they demand a higher interest rate. Um, right now, the coupon on the US 10-year is about 75 basis points below the two-year. An inverted yield curve, traditionally seen as a warning of recession. In the UK, the yield curve is actually went negative just before Christmas, but is now slightly positive again by about 10 basis points. So flattish in the UK, inverted in the US. That would suggest that, frankly, markets do think you know the IMF, the OECD, the Bank of England, and Uncle Tom Cobbley all forecasting recession for 2023. The bond markets currently concur fiercely in the US, not so much in the UK. What's interesting there is that analysts are forecasting corporate earnings growth for this year, which given what the bond market is saying, not convinced. Somebody's going to be wrong there. So the second thing to watch is related, which is the two-year given bond yield. Now, why do I pick that one out particularly? Well, if you look, if I'm not the world's biggest chartist, as you know, I don't believe in Andrew's pitchforks and head and shoulders and engineer's thumbs and whatever else people mm. talk about. But the engineer's thumbs are made up one, I think, by the way. That was a Sherlock Holmes story, wasn't it? Um, but the, um, yeah, it was. Uh, but um, if you uh, look at the two-year curve, the two-year yield on government bonds generally leads headline central bank interest rates by six to nine months. Clever old Mr. Market. So all those economists, the Bank of England and the US Federal Reserve, technically, 
we could do away with a lot of them and save ourselves a few quid. However, if, only... the, if it will cause the danger of that is that somebody will then gerrymander the two-year bond yield to their own nefarious ends. But if you look at the two-year, it generally leads the central banks by about six to nine months. Right now, the US two-year is at four and a half percent. Fed funds rate is at four. The two-year UK is at 3.4 percent, and the t- and the base rate is at three and a half in the UK. So they're kind of saying to the central banks, don't believe you. Don't think you've got the guts to tough this inflation situation out. We think you'll panic and cut or seize any opportunity you can to gun the economy because of the debt that's out there. Now, if you look at inflation, it is seemingly reaching a peak or coming off its peak. And mathematically, you can understand why. Inflation is based off an index. It can't keep on going up at 10% forever. That would be well highly unusual than some, some tin pot republic. And with oil now flat to down year on year, the base for comp very tricky. You could easily see the rate of inflation slow in the first half of the year. The big test will come in the second half when the comps are soft. We don't know what oil or energy you're going to do. But the, yeah, I do think there is a chance that central banks reach for the cut button as fast as they can to good economy. And that then leaves us exposed potentially the second and third waves of inflation that we saw in the 70s. Mm. Okay, Russ, <laughs> I'm going to be sorry I talked to you, I know. Um, uh, let's just give you a chance to have a breather. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose talking to uh, a less than optimistic Russ Mower. Well, not necessarily because a lot of it comes out. And look, look at next today. The numbers weren't great. They've actually guided to a down year and the stock's up 7%. So a lot of it then comes back to what's in the price. And in the UK, I think a lot of bad news is in the price. I'm not convinced that's the case in the US. So I wouldn't want to be painted as, you know, Mr. Doom and Gloom necessarily. Uh, But certainly these are things that we need to be aware of. And if if central banks do cut, then I think markets will probably initially party on, frankly. But I think it does potentially leave us... in a, in a, it doesn't solve the really big 20... problem that we've been talking yeah. about for but I, I, as I many years as I've known you. Yeah. I can see a benign environment in the first half of 2023 just because, yeah. yeah. Um, now, so where next? 20, so 2024, if we do get that scenario of easing inflation in the first half, ooh, hello, they've gone too fast and things pick up again in the second. That might play to the commodity story. Commodities did outperform last year. They outperformed in 2021. So keep watching this theme. If you again, draw a, a, a trend line dividing the Bloomberg Commodity Index price by the FTSE or World Index for equity price, stocks outperformed, stocks underperformed horribly in the 2000s, outperformed massively in the 2010s. They've underperformed for two years in the 2020s. Just because it's only happened for, it's happened for two years doesn't mean it's now going to stop. These things do tend to run quite mm. for a lot longer than you think. So do keep an eye on that trend. It is interesting that gold, has popped back to $18.50 an ounce, unnoticed 
it didn't do much last year, so you can point fingers at it again. Hey, Thomas is a record not, high in Sterling. Yeah, it? but doing nothing was a hell of a lot better than cryptocurrencies, an other well-known haven, yes, of, yes, haven yes. of value and, and security. <laughs> so doing nothing actually wasn't necessarily such a bad deal. So keep an, keep an eye on that. Although I, I will stress that my, my colleague and, and head of investments, uh, Kevin Duran, loathes gold as much as Warren Buffett does and says that in the end, the only way you can value commodities is their incremental cost of production, which in gold's case is probably twelve dollars or $1,300 an ounce right now. But that, for me, ignores a psychological element to, to market, and Kev knows that as well. So keep an eye on commodities versus equities, because you know, if you do see you know, central banks prove that they can engineer a soft landing and rein interest rates in, and that the last two years were an aberration, then equities are off to the races. If they're the start of a new trend, you might expect commodities and producers to continue to, to, to outperform. Mm. Two final ones, both favorites that we've talked about a lot before, and they're still incredibly important. Uh, semiconductor stocks, you know, Chris, I think there's a, there's a book called Chip Wars out at the moment. It was one of the FT's business books of the year. I think it was written by a guy called Miller. Semiconductors, incredibly important, $500 plus billion annual industry. Uh, trend growth rate of around 8% since the first transistor was founded in the 1950s by AT&T. And they've been in massively short supply for the last two years. And they're still geopolitically very important because of you know Taiwan and, and, and sanctions on China. The SOX index is the easy way of following this. You can do it for free on Yahoo. Um, and they're a great guide to the economy. They're a great guide to risk appetite because the momentum jockey stocks, they feed off upgrades or, and run away from downgrades. The SOX halved last year. 4,000 down to 2,100. It's since run a rally to two and a half. Keep an eye on it. If it keeps running, maybe the economy is going to be okay, ladies and gentlemen, and there's something to be something to be said for, for following that again. It's tended to lead the old share by six months, but the world old share by a good three, six, nine months. So it's well worth keeping an eye on that. And the same for the transports. You know, Robert Ray's Dow theory, if the economy is doing well, goods are being sold, shelves have to be replenished, goods have to be shipped. If the economy is doing badly, the shelves are full. Goods don't have to be replenished. Goods don't have to be shipped. Simple as that. Watch the planes, trains, trucks, and automobile stocks. Transport and what are these two indicators telling us at the moment? Uh, well, the, sem- the semis is rally. They both fell out of bed last year. Mm. They both rallied in the fourth quarter. Again, on the on the grounds of this central bank, we can pause and then pivot eventually theory and all will be well. And that the last two years were an aberration in terms of we will go back to low growth, low inflation, mm. low rate sludge. So if that holds good, those sectors will run. If that begins to fall off, we get a deeper than expected recession or we get stagflation, you would expect those sectors to, to struggle. Russ, thank you very much indeed. That's Russ Mould of AJL. We've been looking at the financial outlook for personal investors. Uh, there'll be more again, of course, at the same time next week. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.